0: welcome back everybody to another episode of the look good feel good podcast i'm your host mario ashley owner naples strength conditioning circa 2010 we just uh can't believe it 10 10 2010 was our anniversary that just passed last week so we're going on nine years of doing crossfit business crossfit stuff so super excited about that i think it's uh it's crazy to imagine I never opened up a gym to, you know, think about these anniversaries or anything like that. I did it because I loved what I was doing and I felt like I had a skill set and a passion to share that with other people that were like-minded like me that had the same desires to, to reach their fitness goals doing the method that we do. So uh, it's evolved drastically from our days in my sister's garage to what we now uh do, um, but it's that learning process that I've been able to uh, enjoy and go through. It hasn't been easy. Um, I didn't think it would be easy, but um, you know, that's the process of growth, of learning, uh, staying humble. Um, and so I'm, I'm just really grateful for where we're at um, and just really thinking about, you know, shoot, we're going on a decade here. What what's the next thing for us and and Is is this where I want it to be or do I feel like there's you know that this change because even in our community uh, as a whole it's changed a lot, and it's evolved about our methodology and our intensity and what that looks like and exercise selection and demographics and group training versus one on one training I mean a lot of it has changed, and just you know trying to step back as this thing keeps moving on its own uh and and trying to figure out is is are we offering the best solution uh for for what I believe fitness should look like and the philosophy that i've that I've developed. Uh, this long, so, uh, that, but that's not what I want to talk about. One of the things uh, that I wanted to talk about today is as the CrossFit Open is upon us. We just finished twenty point one this past week. It was a doozy. It was a compilation of bar facing burpees and ground to overhead snatches or clean and jerks. Um, the cap was at fifteen minutes, and a lot of people, a lot of people, did not finish in the open. I think. 70% of the people who completed the workout did not finish according to the numbers or something like that. It's pretty crazy. Um, is that what begins to happen in the open, especially with this online leaderboarding, there's this concept of, of quantifying your performance and comparing your performance across the board. Uh, we call that leaderboarding. It's looking at how you did compared to everybody else in the world in your uh, in your demo right gender age you know division these things we put together and it's it's quite similar to me reminds me of high school wrestling right there were rankings and these rankings would justify how especially as you moved into postseason uh, how you would uh, you know who you would compete against based on your rankings into tournaments moving into districts regions and state tournament and that had a huge effect on who you wrestled when you wrestled and uh your uh, your probability of making it to the finals well in this case um it, it's your probability to make it out of the games right and for 99.9 percent of the people that's Statistically factual. Ninety-nine point nine percent of the people will not make it to the games. So, but the idea is still the same, and that's the leaderboarding is this constant, uh, incessant look at how are you doing against everyone else in the world. And there's value there. Absolutely, there's a lot of value there, especially when you're, you know, you're comparing your capacity against others before you do the workout. Right. This gives you an ability to see, you know, what is possible, how you should strategize. These things come into play, but there's also a negative side effect, and that is this incessant, like, you know, overthinking. Right. I believe that there, uh, it is important to strategize, but it's, uh, you can also over strategize and hold yourself back just because what you think the limit is, right? Uh, The famous infamous story of Prefontaine, uh, he was the first um, individual to uh, break the four minute mile, but before him, they thought it was impossible. And literally within the year that he broke it, a hundred other people broke the four minute mile. And so, you know, that, that, idea that if you don't think it can happen, then it probably won't happen. And so th- there has to be an approach that's well-balanced, one that is realistic, but that pushes the edges a little bit. And I think leaderboarding can help you do that. But for most people, they don't have that skill set. Leaderboarding in itself is a skill set. And they don't have that skill set to look at those numbers at face value detach them from emotion right not like the negative consequence for a lot of amateurs is they compare their self-worth to uh who they are as a person by their actual performance and that is the silliest thing in the world anybody can do because it's not why we do leaderboarding Uh, that is not why we look at that that's not the value of the leaderboard and so for those individuals, uh, it affects them negatively week to week. It's a, you you can tell by how they talk about it, how the the fear comes out of their voice when they're talking about what they think they can or can't do based on uh, current performances. And as coaches, we have to nip that in the bud because that is not that is not the purpose of the leaderboard. And when you begin to teach them what it's for, then you can really have a productive conversation. And really uh, help them utilize their leaderboard effectively. And uh, it's just something that we're already dealing with in our own gym. With people looking at the leaderboard and like, oh, I didn't do as good as so and so. Or, um, you know, I wanted to do this, but, uh, you know, I couldn't get there. And then you're thinking about, how, why is it that they thought they could even do that? Knowing what we both know about their abilities. And it's because they're looking at the leaderboard incorrectly or misjudging Uh, their abilities based on what they saw on the leaderboard when really you have to start internally you have to start with what you know you can or can't do right i say this all the time the open is not created to make you feel good and and great about yourself it's been clear and evident every single time the open is built to expose your weaknesses it is not you know it is we are trying to find the best in the world and for the other ninety-nine percent, we want you you can join while you're in on this, right? It's to expose weaknesses so they can find the creme de la creme, bring those individuals to the CrossFit Games, and and watch world-class fitness at its best. For us, ninety-nine percent, it's um, it's an opportunity to encourage competition, it's an opportunity to challenge individuals and their fears and work through that. But uh, one of the things that we have to start with individuals is to, you know, create that self awareness on a day to day. Like we're not uh, the CrossFit Open is not the is not the time to teach self awareness. All we're doing is letting the CrossFit Open as another tool to show them their their abilities, right? But it's the day-to-day that we're teaching our athletes to develop self-awareness, what they can or can't do, and how to work through those things, right? Like, your limitation from a fitness capacity is a limitation to your overall physique and health. I'll say that again. Your limitation to your fitness capacity is a limitation to your physique and health. Meaning that... Um, if all you do is strength training, that's all you do, we know that you are indirectly developing weaknesses and flaws. Maybe over the next few years you end up tighter than you used to be. Your endurance is severely lacking. Well, those things have a dramatic effect on your health. Not Conditioning yourself has a dramatic effect on your health. Uh, Not uh, performing enough endurance work to uh, to not have to to not care enough about uh, you know being able to run three miles in a row, guarantee uh, could probably predispose you to a heavier weight or a lackluster nutrition component because you don't really have to think about it vice of this, individuals who are high in endurance athletes who don't think a lot about strength are predisposing themselves to skeletal issues joint issues uh, bone density issues long term and so we're trying to create this well-balanced athlete through different modalities and training methods that you know we're not always going to get it right and it's our job to say hey listen we all have these weaknesses Let's work through those things knowing that they might not always become a, like the greatest thing that we're, that we're meant to do. But we cannot have such a gap between the things we're really good at and the things we're really bad at. That gap is the limiting factor. And so what we're trying to do in our program is close that gap. And what the CrossFit does every single time is it exposes major gaps in somebody's training. Because we train we train to likeness, right? Like, if you're a a common CrossFitter going three to four days a week and you are selective about the days that you show up based on the workouts, I can guarantee you're picking workouts that you know you're going to do good at. But it's those ones that you're highly selective about that you don't show up that is creating constantly creating this gap between your fitness. And, you know, I always say that, like, giving individuals our workouts before they ever show up is a privilege. There's no... Uh, there's no duty or obligation that I had to do that. It was cultural. It started as let's post these workouts every day, let our members know to pre-plan ahead of time. But it turned into hey, I'm going to start picking, and choosing when I show up. You know, if individuals really knew what they needed, they they wouldn't pay us all this money to come train. Like that's our job is to to convince them that what we're putting together is exactly what they need. And um, I do that, and I still. Uh, out of convenience, you know, give our athletes the workouts that we can advance because I want them to plan ahead. I want them to see the bigger picture on a seven-day cycle and not like, you know, gyms do where they post it the night before, which is, I believe, irresponsible. And so what we're trying to do is create a culture around that, like, no matter what it is, show up because this is what is best for you right now. There's no one perfect workout. There's no such thing. There's no one perfect seven-day training plan. But overall, from week to week, month to month, and year to year, is this providing enough exposure to your strengths and weaknesses that we raise the bar to everything? And that's what we're trying to do. Um, And the leaderboard uh, has its purpose, right? The leaderboard non-open is you tracking your workouts it's us putting uh, everybody's times on the whiteboard that's a version of the leaderboard it's not as exhaustive it's not as quantitative the uh, data set is much smaller but it's still leaderboarding in its own right and it's providing data sets of everyone's capacity and you fall somewhere in between and that's the importance of that, right? It's a realistic measure, especially when you get into your own demo, people your age and gender. These are what they're performing. This is what where I'm at. Where's that gap? Is this a strength or a weakness in comparison to that data set? And we can look that over and over and over again. And I just think it's an important conversation to have as you know, gym owners and coaches about like, what is the role of the leaderboard and how to, how do I use that to the best of my ability versus, you know, there's so many, you know, memes running right now about, you know, 20.1 and how homegirl finishes in eight and a half minutes. And you're like, dude, I didn't even freaking finish the workout with a 15 minute cap. Like what, how does that make you feel? Right. And and really getting into those conversations because they're gonna keep coming up and you're gonna keep dealing with fear and insecurity of why people don't do the open or why they're not doing competitions in house or um or third party events because they just um they're scared, right? They don't they, they don't understand that what that exposure is supposed to do, what that competitive environment is supposed to do, what the leaderboard is supposed to do at the end of the day, who takes first, second, and third. And that's an important conversation because it's probably what's limiting probably more attendance and enrollment to uh, things like the CrossFit Open or your in-house events or, you know, third-party events that you're trying to get people to go to. So that's my encouragement, coaches, uh, coaches, gym owners and athletes, there's a role for the leaderboard. You just got to understand what it's for and why you're using it. And I think once you understand that, it becomes a positive tool and not a negative one. Thanks for listening, guys. we will talk to you soon.